0: Many families don't see the importance of attending Mass every Sunday. How do we pull them in, make them feel welcome, and keep them coming back? I'm your host, Edward Herrera, and we're talking about creative ways to get more minivans to Mass. This week I'm speaking with Kristen Fisher, the Executive Director of Youth in Christ, and was the longtime youth minister at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Ellicott City we'll be speaking a little bit about engaging parents and children in conversations about faith. We've actually known each other for a little while now, but you knew my wife before. You guys were roommates or something in college?
1: Yeah, we were roommates and household sisters and and good friends. So we've known each other for about 20 years.
0: Ah, so yeah. she she always comments that you always brought a lot of wisdom to the conversation. Aww, and that's so sweet. <laughs> well so I'm I'm hoping today you're gonna bring a lot of wisdom I uh, hope so too. to the conversation. <laughs> so wanted to talk with you about uh just Kind of some about what you're doing, some of your mm-hmm. past experiences, and mm-hmm. so if you could start out. Just tell me a little bit um, about your background in ministry, mm-hmm. and then your background as well as a mom.
1: Yeah, so um, I was a parish youth minister here in the Archdiocese of Baltimore for about 16 years. Um, before that, I was studying at Franciscan University, and um, and it was youth ministry that really changed my life in middle school. And so I knew when I went to Franciscan that I um, that I had a heart for that. In particular, so um, I spent most of those 16 years doing middle school ministry, in particular, uh, which is not super common in the Catholic Church, I don't think. Um, and and it was a real joy. I first started doing middle school ministry because that's the job that was open, and I figured I'd just transition to high school. Um, but I just fell in love with middle schoolers, and I I recognized. Um, in middle schoolers, they're still very childlike, so they still have one foot in that world. Um, but then they have one, one foot in, in kind of the future as well. And so it's this really sweet spot, um, where they're still really ambitious and they still really want to be part of something meaningful and something bigger than themselves and something wonderful, um, and, and yet they're maturing and can make decisions in a, in a more mature way. So it was this really great combination of, of things. So um, so yeah, so we did a lot of ministry to middle schoolers. And in my last two to three years um, in parish work, I was also uh, taking on young family ministry and nice. recognizing um, just quite by accident over the years of working with these middle schoolers that these kids came from families. And um, the family dynamic impacted their ability to enter into a relationship with Jesus or not substantially right. and right. so um it kind of i don't want to say it didn't matter because that's not the truth at all we were we were able to bear more fruit as a ministry in the lives of kids who could go home to parents who could help them cultivate seeds that we were planting and where parents were planting seeds at home and we could help to cultivate that in the youth ministry. So I recognized uh, we need to be doing more with families.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of what we're hoping to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. today is is cultivating that in the families. And uh, tell us now as well, uh, you got some kids too, mm-hmm. varying ages, as I recall, yes. right?
1: Yeah. So I have four children on earth and three in heaven. So I have a 13-year-old son, an 11-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old son, and a two-year-old son. So we wake up early, we stay up late. <laughs> uh, we have a slew of issues and tragedies every day, you know, ranging from I, I get to snack time too late and we've missed the window of opportunity to, you know, relationship woes, all kinds of things. So uh, so it's it's an exciting time at the Fisher House.
0: Awesome. And now you are uh, with a another ministry, mm-hmm. Youth in Christ, right? Yes. And so tell me uh, a little bit more about what you guys are doing with Youth in Christ.
1: So Youth in Christ is really interesting because um, it's, it's really a family ministry. So we're trying to support families as they evangelize their own kids so we're trying to give parents tools and resources uh, to encounter the lord with their own children but then also to share their own story with their own children Um, to to develop a a culture of encounter at home, uh, but then also to kind of think outside the walls of their own house and to recognize that God is calling them to be missionaries in their community, in their parishes, among their friends, um, to just share the good news of what he's done in their own lives with people that they know um, and and to really empower them in that and support them in that and equip equip them for it.
0: Okay. And I I mean, I feel like that's a big part of what uh, what we're trying to do generally in supportive parishes mm-hmm. is to try to um, to help them to be able to do that with their with their families and to really support their families in deepening prayer, deepening conversations uh, around faith. And so, I guess, are there um, maybe three recommendations? And I'm thinking particularly for uh, maybe going into middle school mm-hmm. or like late elementary school, into middle school, just ways that um, families can try to engage with their children on these subjects of faith. Maybe if you could give maybe three examples of, of things that you see particularly effective.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the most effective thing is for parents to be willing to share their own story with their kids. Um, as As they hit that middle school age, they want to know that this is real. And that it's not just something that was real a long time ago, or for a, a select group of people, they want to know that it was real and, and, um, and that it has played out in the life of someone they know. So for parents to be willing and able to share their story of how they've responded to Jesus's invitation to be disciples to um to share their story of their own struggles. You don't have to go into all the details, but to to acknowledge like, yeah, at times this is hard. And at times I've failed. Um, and and because of the mercy of God, I've been able to get back up and, and continue on by his grace. So I think that's a big one that um, that parents need to be willing and able uh, to share the story of their own faith with their kids, and then to ask their kids, "Where have you seen God in your life too you know and and to wow. to plant the seeds, learning how to recognize him um, at work in their lives and at work in nature around them, truth, beauty, goodness, all of these things, where do you see God mm-hmm. um, and teaching them to really start to have eyes that are open to it because the Lord is all around us, and he 's speaking all the time, but we're we're really oblivious um so parents who can really mentor them in that and accompany them in that. I think, too, we need to remember that um, discipleship doesn't happen without encounter. Yeah. And so if kids have questions about faith and struggles in the faith and they're wrestling with things, I think that's very normal. Um And I think we need to strive to answer their questions and help them find where they can find the answers but ultimately we need to also bring them to the source of it all we need to bring them to jesus um because we're not just teaching them a set of ideas or a set of rules or moral principles we're helping them to encounter a person right our faith is about a love story with a real person who has a real heart that beats for us so um it doesn't make the struggles go away, and it doesn't answer all our questions to have this relationship with Jesus, but it makes it all palatable, and it and yeah. it ignites in us a fire to want to know the truth as opposed to coming at it from well. Prove to me that this is true. Yeah. If we can really encounter the Lord and know that His love is real and that He is real, uh, it changes our perspective and mm-hmm. our approach as we seek answers. Um, and to that end, I think we we really need to help people to come to know Jesus in the Eucharist, in particular, um, mm-hmm. to. To know that the Eucharist really is Jesus, and he, when He promised um, that He would be with us always, He He wasn't just talking spiritually; He really meant physically and spiritually. He really meant our body and soul is meant to encounter Him, meant to commune with Him, meant to to be with Him um, in a physical and a spiritual way. You know, when I read the latest studies, that sixty nine percent of Catholics say yeah. that they don't believe in the real presence yeah. of the Eucharist. And a lot of people are like, oh, we just need to teach them better. Um, that might be true. We might need to teach them better. But we also need to show them that this is true by our own lives that have been transformed by the truth of it. Yeah. We need to show them by the way we worship. We need to show them um, by the way we prioritize uh, the Eucharist, that, that this really is Jesus. And give people a chance to encounter Jesus there in the Eucharist for That's themselves totally. so that they can say, yeah, I, I actually know that this is you.
0: Yeah. And I guess uh, with that, the the first thing you said was in terms of uh, sharing your own story mm-hmm. as a parent. Now, I'm the one, I, kind of truth time, I'm the, the guilty party that I sit on a, an airplane and someone asks me what I do and I say I work for a large Uh, (laughs) multinational nonprofit, right? Mm, Uh, International nonprofit, Uh, not wrong. Um, And, and, you know, I mean, there's uh, sometimes it makes for an interesting plane ride if you go into these things. But um, I think some of us don't feel equipped Mm -hmm. to share our stories with others. And do you have an example of something that you all did at the parish or that you're doing now uh, at Youth in Christ to help equip parents mm-hmm. to be able to share their story with um, uh, with their children, or even to discover their story, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. So when I was working in the parish, we would frequently ask our high school and college young people to uh, help give some of the talks, most of the talks actually, on our confirmation retreats um, to prepare their testimonies. And and they would volunteer, but then they would have to really pray about it and come to us with kind of this outline of like, okay, this is this is how I have journeyed in my faith. And we would help them really work on it, work on their public speaking. And then we would yeah. gather everyone who was going to be speaking together and we would line them up so that there was a, a certain progression along the retreat. But um, But it was interesting because they would volunteer to do it. But it wasn't until they actually started to prepare like an outline for their testimony that they were able to see even more things than they realized that yeah. God had done. It helped them connect dots that were always there but were never connected yeah. um, because we, we're not a very reflective people typically. Yeah. Um, and so I, I recognize that there are a lot of us, myself included, if we don't sit down and reflect frequently, we're missing a lot of what the Lord has done and probably wants to be doing. Right. Um, so now with our new ministry at Youth in Christ, one of the things we're actually working on right now is um, missionary formation for parents yeah. to become missionaries to your kids. Do you know your own story? Do you, can you articulate the story of what God has done in your own life? And for a lot of us, it's not because we're not skilled and it's not because we're not holy enough. It's just because maybe we haven't taken the time to prayerfully look back at our life and say, Holy spirit, show me where were you in all of this. And he can sort of light up certain things that we know they happened, but maybe he can help us see them from a a fresh angle and recognize, Oh my goodness, you've been here all along, you know, in even more ways than I know. So we're working on that, that missionary formation. And I think also, um, you know, as a church, we look a lot to a certain set of of Catholic authorities. Um, Most of our conferences, most of our video series have um, a a certain collection of really dynamic, fabulous, authentic, sincere, passionate Catholic speakers. Um, And we love to listen to them because they're inspiring. But sometimes there's danger in putting the same people on a stage and in front of a microphone over and over, not because of what they're doing, they're doing a great job, but because as a human on the other side, we're tempted to think, well, I could never be like that. Um, Or maybe God has specifically chosen them to do this magnificent work of evangelization or to live this holy life. But, but I'm so very different. I could never be like that. Um, So in our missionary training, we really want to help people to recognize that because of our baptism, God calls us to this, and He also equips us for it. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to sort of muster up these gifts to be able to share our story with others that the the Lord has made us for this, yeah. and He gives us His Holy Spirit to make it a reality. But we need to welcome the Holy Spirit. We need to take the time to to allow the Holy Spirit to show us how he's been at work, and then we need to pray for the courage to boldly proclaim it to other people. Yeah. Um so so we're working on that at Youth in Christ and a lot of that uh, it comes from lessons that I learned quite by accident by doing youth ministry.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's uh it's it's funny with the um uh with that specifically um because I feel like um I totally lost my train of thought. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Um you know what I was going to say? What? <laughs> um so i there was a talk by one of these uh, catholic speakers um uh ed tree and he mm-hmm. made the comment that I, I think is helpful for us to hear that he just said you know um have you ever seen a good movie and did you tell people about it yeah. and everyone's kind of like yeah i've mm-hmm. seen a good movie and i've shared it with people he's like well are you a film critic well how do you like you're you <laughs>
1: Who are you to measure who are, a movie? who are you to
0: say that a movie's yeah. good? you know, and so yeah. just like if you've had that experience to be able to share it, I think it's true that sometimes we feel like well i'm not
1: mm-hmm. I'm not
0: equipped like what if I say the wrong thing or what if right. I you know but um but it's our story and being right. being able to do that, and obviously, that's why it's good to have things that are uh consciously cultivating our ability to share that mm-hmm. um but just sharing it isn't uh, for the experts, so to right. speak.
1: Right. So. Right. And I think people want to know that God is real in lots of different lives, you know, yeah. and, and that he didn't just select a chosen few. Um, and so I think it's really powerful. I think it's powerful for kids to hear stories of people up on a stage and in front of a microphone who, who have this platform to proclaim right. the good news and are very articulate and skilled in this. But I think it's equally, if not more important for them to hear it from very normal people like their parents and their community in Absolutely. the parish.
0: Absolutely. Um, I wanted to kind of close out with maybe uh three things uh or you know however many things, but uh ways in which um you think that uh parishes specifically mm-hmm. can uh encourage families to engage in prayer. I know Mm -hmm. that for myself, that was an area, my family was very faithful, but uh, praying together as a family wasn't something that was kind of central, you know, uh, grace before meals and stuff like that, but really praying together as a family. And do you know, like a couple of suggestions for ways that parishes can equip families Mm -hmm. to engage in deeper family prayer?
1: Yeah, so one thing that, um, that happened at my own parish, that was really impactful for my family is um after communion, everyone went and sat down, you know, and and the priest was purifying the vessels. And and typically when he was done with that, he would um go in and return to the presider's chair, which would signal the musicians to kind of wrap it up and, right. and prepare for the end of mass. Um, but he started going down after purifying the vessels and kneeling in front of the tabernacle instead. And so signaling to the musicians, we're not done praying yet. Yeah. And and sometimes he would even um sort of interject and say, now that we've received Jesus, let's spend some more time with him and thanking him for coming to us and and asking him to just speak to us in our hearts, right? As we as we sing, sometimes it was kind of quiet, instrumental music, it, it was different every time. Um, but that was so powerful for us because I think often um, we go to mass and, and once you receive communion, you're kind of like, okay, we're almost done. And so yeah. because we're almost done, our head's already out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but that extra quiet time became a really cherished time. And the masses where he did that suddenly became more and more crowded. And people were coming to those masses, I think, because there was extra time, even though there's a temptation to think like most people want you to be done in an hour or yeah. less. And he was like, I just I feel like the Holy Spirit's moving here and I have to be obedient to him. Yeah. Um, it really it gave us space to have more intimacy with Jesus. And that gave us something to talk about at home. Yeah. It it ended up... Um, it ended up sparking more conversations organically but my husband and i also have to be willing to look for opportunities for those conversations to come up yeah. um so so that's one thing our parish did is to give us more space in front of the lord more time and space in front of the lord um something else that i think is helpful for families is when the parish provides a platform for normal people to share their story yeah. um whether that be a video series, or you know, up at the ambo before mass starts, or something that normal people, young and old, can get up and just proclaim the good news of what God has done for them, and then afterwards, that gives me as a mom something to discuss with my kids, but then something to pray about, and that's yeah. that's the step that I think is is typically missing. We love to be inspired, we love to discuss it, and then we're like, ah, oh, that was great, and we move on. But to to prayerfully welcome the Lord to do in us what. That person shared has been done in them, um, and so for for parishes to maybe model that, so yeah. someone could get up and give a testimony, and then the presider could say, "Wow, isn't that so beautiful? Let's pray that God would do that in us." Yeah. Right to model that for all of us, but then parents can recognize, like, I can I can take that model that the priest or the music minister or whoever was leading that time of of worship or, or encounter, um, I, I can use that model to um, To pray through something that just happened, yeah. because then you can even, as your child shares with you a struggle they're having in school or a question they're having or, or anything like that, you can discuss it and then say to them, "Well, let's take this to prayer." Yeah, you know, and and let's normalize that—that that we would absolutely still discuss things. We wouldn't like only go to prayer and never talk about things with each other, but that we would do both. And that we would yeah. discuss them. We would kind of wrestle with things at a human level, but then we would bring it all to Jesus and say, "Lord." what is what is here for me? Yeah. What are you trying to say to me? Um, so I think that parishes could do that without a huge tap on resources, without yeah. completely restructuring what they're doing. Um, and then I think they need to offer more family-friendly times of prayer. So yeah. mass, um, for me, for many years has been um, a little bit of a struggle on Sundays. Not that it's not beautiful, it's the highest prayer of the church, but I'm frequently chasing someone <laughs> around the narthex, right? And like begging him to be quiet and stop throwing books. So it's just my life right now and it's a season, but um, there are entire like segments of our parish that are in that season and they're going to be in that season for yeah. a while. And to say like, well, hopefully in 20 years when this is all over, you'll still come to mass, right? Yeah. And you won't quit, but, but you'll encounter Jesus. So we need to give people other, um, maybe shorter opportunities to still encounter the the Lord, especially in the Eucharist. So something that's, that's not an hour long, um, something where you can kind of come in and out and it's not super disruptive and you don't feel like you're missing everything. Um, something that engages young people and old people and offers time for community afterwards. Um, so a family-friendly holy hour, um, a family rosary party at the parish with a big picnic afterwards. You know, yeah. something that acknowledges. You know, kids are often motivated by food. Um, yep. Adults are often motivated by food. <laughs> um, you know, but just something that that gives us little doses of the Lord in snippets, but allows Him to to meet us there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Those are good, uh, good suggestions. I feel like that also uh, leads into some of. The work that you guys are doing Mm. at youth in christ and i was wondering um i know you all have a couple of uh, areas that you're focusing on right now Mm. and i was wondering if you could just share briefly what you're doing there and maybe how parishes might be able to use that as as an area of support for families.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's really three main, three main things that we offer right now at Youth in Christ. And so the first is um, content for family small groups. Okay. So it's in the context of a Prezi, so it's all online. You don't have to purchase a book or anything anyone can access it from anywhere
0: which is like a PowerPoint. it's like a powerpoint but a little more dynamic yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: um and it starts with everything from opening prayer to closing prayer and everything in between but if a particular family small group says like i don't really need to be handheld for part of this we can do that on our own Prezi allows you to kind of bop around and and pick which parts you want to do which is nice um but the the center of it is a testimony. It's a filmed testimony from a very normal person um, who has encountered the Lord in a real way and responded in a real way. And each one is totally different: old people, young people, from every racial background, married people, um, everything. So um, it just it helps us to see that God is very busy and He's mm-hmm. doing a lot of things in people who are just like us and all around us. And so, right before we watch the testimony, we welcome the Holy Spirit to kind of. Guide us as we watch it, and and we have eyes attuned to Lord. What do you want me to see? Yeah. What are you trying to speak to me through this person's sacred story, really? And then afterwards, we have some reflection questions. Lord, you know what? What do you want me to take away from this? But ultimately, what do you want me to do about it? Because again, if it ends at the level of like, wow, that was really inspiring, and let's just discuss it, and then we yeah. all move on, then we've wasted our time. So trying to train people to really discuss things, but then ultimately put those things into action Um, and then prayerfully welcoming the Lord to help us do that at the end. So that's called a blaze family groups. So it's it's content for family, small groups. Um, And along with that is going to come missionary formation for host families, recognizing that as Catholics, we're not used to, to this model, right? Especially having a small group in our home where an entire family might come with a a wide range of ages. Um, So, very practical help for that, but also some spiritual support for that as well. How to articulate your story, how to know for sure that God is calling you to, to evangelize. Um, the second thing that we offer is called the Family Prayer Project, actually. Okay. Um, and so we have a, a certain model, and it's based off of something that my parish has been doing for years and years. Um, it's Eucharistic adoration with scripture and reflection, some time for quiet, and some time to get really close to Jesus and the monstrance. Um, and, and the whole family can come. So we, we've adapted it to make it shorter, so a little more accessible for families with young kids in particular, right. um, to, to bring it. At a time that's more family friendly seven o'clock at night is hard for anyone with young kids Absolutely. Um, and to have a time of fellowship afterwards right yeah. there's, If there's a party, everyone's excited about it um but to give families a chance to come to something where they can still encounter Jesus in the Eucharist, where they can spend time really gazing upon him and and asking him hard questions in their heart and yeah. giving them a space afterwards where maybe those can can come out again among the community um but but engaging a wide range of people in prayer and encounter um And then the last thing that we offer is actually youth specific. It's called the rise up middle school day. So we sponsor it for the archdiocese of Baltimore. It's like a one day conference for middle schoolers. Uh, We recognize that they they're in a sweet spot, right? Developmentally, they are in a really good place to take everything that we've we've taught them and everything that we've shown them with our own lives and to kind of sit with it and maybe even wrestle with it, but ultimately to come to it on their own, um, and and we need to give them a place to do that. We need to give them a space to do that. And it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, acknowledging that their their love language is is fun <laughs> and humor. So we totally speaks to them in their language, and allow them to meet Jesus in the midst of that.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: so that's that's what we're up to right now.
0: Awesome. Well, and if uh, folks want to get in touch with Youth in mm-hmm. Christ, what's your what's your website?
1: It's www in christ dot org. Wonderful. And you can find us on Facebook as well.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, thank you for being with me today and chatting with us a little bit about yeah, how, we can, yeah, how we can engage uh, families uh, and particularly as as parishes, how we can engage with, with families and surrounding questions of faith and questions of prayer. So really appreciate your time. And yeah, uh, yeah thank you.
1: Thanks so much. Minivans to Mass is hosted by Edward Herrera. To listen to more episodes and share your ideas about getting more minivans to mass, visit www.archbalt.org forward slash minivans. Special thanks to Jay Lampart for the editing help, Jack Raybold for the animation in our video, and Catherine Amon for the artwork. This has been a production of the Archdiocese of Baltimore.